0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: A poor game for the Eagles is kind. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken Riverdeck at Pier 17 here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The NFL regular season is over. The playoff matchups are set. We will have Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Miami, Houston and Cleveland in the AFC, Dallas and Green Bay, Detroit in the Rams, Tampa and Philly in the NFC. And we have one coach fired so far since the end of the season. That is Arthur Smith with the Atlanta Falcons. We're certainly on watch as to what could happen here moving forward. We will keep you updated if Adam Schefter breaks any other coaching news during the course of our show until 10 a.m. Eastern time. The draft order is set with Chicago, Washington, New England, Arizona, and the Chargers in that order amongst the top five there and the Eagles. Oh yeah. They had a chance potentially at the two seed if Dallas were to lose. Dallas did not lose, so doesn't matter. But Philly goes out there and they get their butt kicked by the Giants And if you look at what Philly has done recently, they have been awful. They lose to Arizona. They lose to the Giants. They get guys hurt in this game. A.J. Brown banged up. Jalen Hurts' finger is all crooked from throwing it into somebody's hand. I can relate, former quarterback. That's how I got hurt, literally throwing the ball into somebody's (laughs) helmet. And my finger was basically shattered in multiple places. So a lot of people I know are comparing Jalen Hurts and I today. But this (laughs) team still, though, amidst all of this, unlike the Jaguars who collapsed, still has a shot. Now, how long that shot lasts against Tampa coming up this weekend, uh, that's up for grabs because this is not impressive what's going on in they Philadelphia. They don't
2: have a shot. What are you talking are you about? You're ready to
1: say Tampa's going to win right Tampa, now.
2: Tampa is, listen, I would say this it's on the board. And for as good as Tyrod Taylor looked with a thumb injury yesterday, why would we think Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and company wouldn't light that Eagles defense up? The Eagles have the worst defense in the NFL. I'm not saying the worst defense in the playoff field, the worst defense in the NFL. They've lost five of their last six games. They are absolutely abysmal. And for the division to still be up for grabs in yesterday's game, for them to show as poorly as they did, especially early on when it was clear that Washington came to fight the Dallas Cowboys in that first half, I, I just, I was surprised at the lackluster effort that we got from the Eagles, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the offense didn't do anything to cover themselves in glory either. I thought the offensive line was atrocious, and I get it. No Devontae Smith, no DeAndre Swift, essentially no A.J. Brown because yeah. he got banged up with the knee injury. I-, I get that the offense didn't have its full complement of pieces, but it shouldn't take all of that to be more competitive against the New York Giants. I mean, that was a one-sided affair. If you were to tell me that that game in MetLife would be one-sided, I would say that that was the Eagles get right game. Mm-hmm. Instead, that was a game that that boosted the Giants' morale going into the 2024 offseason. I I just I can't believe what I've seen from the Philadelphia Eagles in the last month and a half of football. But I'm going to trust my eyes when it comes to projecting what they're going to be in the postseason. This is not a very good football team. And I think that will show up on Super Wildcard Weekend.
3: I agree 100%. What version of the 10 and 1 Eagles that started the season exists right now? What what component can you look at with this Eagles team that's lost, as you said, five of their last six? That is completely banged up. That's in an absolute free fall. Is there any portion of what we're seeing right now that we could say, well, maybe this looks like the ten and one Eagles that we saw to win uh, to start the season? Not one portion of them looks the same.
2: They don't do anything well, Smalls. No. What what are they, what, are, what do they have that they can hang their hat on? Nothing. Nothing. And now with A.J. Brown being banged up, you can't feel good about their prospects. I mean, we hope that Devontae Smith and and all of the other skill position players are back in in the best version of themselves going into that game. But but I can't depend on that. I got to trust what I've seen the last two weeks. You lost at home to the Arizona Cardinals when you were in the driver's seat for the division. You lost yesterday at MetLife Stadium with the division seemingly still on the line. Why would I think that you're going to be able to flip a switch and go on the road and beat the Tampa Bay Bucks?
1: They started 5-0. and They then started 10-1. and They're 1-5 in their last six, have lost five of six games. This is a free fall. Again, not as bad as Jacksonville because Jacksonville is on the outside looking in, but give it a week. We may say it's as bad as Jacksonville because they may lose to Tampa Bay. But again, I'm going to go back to something here. If you're a team that thinks your coach is one year away from potentially being fired, you have to consider it now if you think you have a shot at Belichick. You just have to. And Philadelphia is in this spot where we could sit there and say, Nick Siriani, he just got to a Super Bowl. But this is an all-time collapse here. And CC, if they don't reach expectations next year, what happens? He gets fired, right? He's going to get fired. And you're not going to have a better candidate than Belichick. This is why I think this coaching carousel is going to be very interesting because if you're one year away from maybe firing your coach, you have to consider doing it early. And if you're going to sit there and say – that Tampa is going to beat Philadelphia. Give credit to Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield. Winning a division, nine and eight, three straight division titles for Tampa. Tampa. We probably don't talk enough about what they've done after Brady, by the way. And, and,
2: and credit to Baker Mayfield too. Yeah, I know. I, said that. Yeah, I mean, think, think about that. Touchdowns amazing. Yeah, over four thousand yards passing.
1: He was awesome this year. He's
2: been great. And better you got this t- and you year t- than
1: t- Gino was last year. And Gino's considered the yes. reclamation project. Yes, Baker's a better version of this right now. Yeah,
2: and Baker has 2,000-yard receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans that are going to give that secondary from Philadelphia all they want. And the secondary for Philly took another big blow because it looks like Sidney Brown has a torn ACL. Ooh.
1: So what happens one week from Hate today? That. Think about this. One week from today, if, if you're right, and Tampa beats Philly, aren't we talking about Nick Sirianni hot seat? Uh, absolutely.
2: Yes. yes, we should be. I mean, Pat Costello is the resident Eagles fan. How does he feel about it, Pat? Where are you at with this uh, Nick Sirianni thing if they lose next Monday to the Tampa Bay Bucks,
4: Yeah, Nick Sirianni's coaching for his job, absolutely. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie's a patient owner. He's not that patient. He's not going from the Super Bowl to getting embarrassed by the Bucks in the first round of the wild card. Like, it's just not going to happen. Nick Sirianni and the whole coaching staff are coaching for their job.
1: Yeah, again, if you have a shot at Belichick now and you think you're one year away from firing your coach, you may have to do it right now. Sorry, Jacksonville... Buffalo, I know they're in the playoffs, but let's play, let's see what happens here. And obviously Philadelphia because this is a meltdown and you're too good potentially to have it this way.
3: And you don't want to, as you mentioned, use the Brandon's Daily Model where you absolve a meltdown, whether it's in the regular season or the postseason, you bring somebody back only for the results to mirror what they were. I, I know that he was in the Super Bowl last year, so it's a completely different set of scenario as, yep. as standards for the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. But energetically, this team just does not have it right now. It doesn't feel like they have that fight left in them. And I know, as you mentioned, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but... We had so much confidence in them because of what we had seen prior, and that has all evaporated. But
2: here's the thing with the injuries part of it. You can't explain away the Arizona Cardinals lost with injuries. You can't explain away losing to a five-win Giants team with injuries. Hell, the Giants were on their second and third string quarterback yesterday. We saw Tommy DeVito again. Tommy Cutlitz was in the game. That, that's where the Giants were, and they still did enough to beat you. It's an embarrassment, Smalls. Think about this. You got to go back to the 1986 Jets to find a team that started the season 10-1 and 1 and finished with 11 or fewer wins. That's the type of collapse that we're talking about. You ain't seen it in 40 years. That's the type of collapse that the Philadelphia Eagles have gone through. And so when I say I got to trust my eyes, I got to trust my eyes with how bad it's been. It ain't like the last month of the season you had murderer's row. That was supposed to be the soft spot of the schedule where you got right and you still won the division. <laughs> right. That was supposed to be it. I mean, back, back when the Eagles started 10-1, they had a 91% chance, according to our FBI, to win the NFC East. And that's how bad they've shown over the last two weeks where they've squandered that lead away. The
1: same team that beat the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bills in three straight weeks lost to the Cardinals and Giants in back-to-back weeks. Oof! Think about that for a second. It makes no sense. And now Two J- teams that
2: are going to be picking in the top six.
1: Yes, and now Jalen Hurts has a finger injury <laughs> on his throwing hand going yeah. into a playoff game. So if I said to you right now, you have to bet all of your money on one team and yet in the playoffs this year, th- excuse me, this weekend, Is Tampa over Philly the matchup you would say I have most confidence in? Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get into this as the week progresses, but I want to make sure I understand the feelings that you guys right now have on this. Because Buffalo-Pittsburgh could be one, but again, you could look at Josh Allen and say, could he turn the ball over three times like he did last night? But no
2: T.J. Watt, though. No
1: T.J. Watt, right? That's the one I'd say. Kansas City-Miami feels like, okay, I could see people taking Miami. I wouldn't. Houston-Cleveland, most people would probably take Cleveland, but it's in Houston. Mm -hmm. Dallas-Green bay I mean, again, most people would take ah. Dallas, I don't Jordan take McCarthy, Dallas. McCarthy, yeah. Detroit, and the Rams. To me, is a toss-up. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen with Correct. Stafford back in Detroit. So, do you have more confidence in Tampa over Philly than any other matchup this weekend?
3: I would say, it's as a- we sit here today, it's all, it's all, allowing it's, that it's,
1: to change as the it's, week it's, progresses, it's,
2: it's on the board between them and Steelers Bills. Yeah. I would say those are the the two I have the most confidence in the outcome on.
1: But what Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh have done all year is win the unwinnable. Advance when you didn't think they could advance. What Philly has done is the exact opposite, is lose the unlosables, right, if that's a word. So it kind of makes sense for Pittsburgh to maybe upset Buffalo, and it makes all the sense in the world for Philly to lose to Tampa here this weekend.
3: The fact that we're having that conversation about them, I think, says a lot. If the Eagles came out and absolutely stomped the Bucks, wouldn't we be a little surprised— this, no, is, this I is a would team that surprised. went yes. to the Super. I, would, I, be, be, I would be shocked. Evan, based on the way they played the last shocked. six games, yes. I would yes. be absolutely shocked. Yeah,
2: because I mean, the Eagles have lost five of the last six. The Bucks have won five of the last six.
3: And we're saying this <laughs> about a team who went to the Super Bowl last year. And normally, I think we would give the head coach the benefit of the doubt and say, "Well, he was in the Super Bowl last year. He'll he'll find a way to coach them up and get them ready for the playoffs." Who on this desk has that much faith in Nick Sirianni to be able to do that with this team right now?
1: Well, it was one of the weirdest circumstances all season long. You had all these Eagles fans, including Pat, keep telling you they're not that good. And we're like, what do you mean? They're 5-0 and and 10-1. and Stop But They're not that good. But the way they're winning. And I, I remember sitting here saying, I don't care the way they're winning. They still have more points than the other team every Sunday. A win's a win. Yeah. And they were all right. And I was wrong. And maybe you guys were wrong on this also. But like. The the way in which they were winning, I guess, was an indicator to what was to come because it's bad right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, we
2: got sucked in when they had that close win out narrowhead against the Chiefs and then followed that up with the win against the Buffalo Bills in overtime. We all got sucked in. But there's no no, sucked
3: in. in. They beat the the Chiefs.
2: We and they something. beat the Bills. But, we see but the, the, the Chiefs
3: the, the aren't chiefs who, ain't really... Do- yeah. yeah. I know, but still. <laughs> I should have applied what I saw with the Chiefs to the Eagles. Even though the Chiefs were winning, I kept saying, this is not the same version of them. This is going to erode. Trust me, it is not the same. But I kept giving Philly the benefit of the doubt. We did. When I didn't give it to Kansas City. And I should have done the same thing with Philly. I kept saying, we're going to see a better version of them. They're, they're still pulling out wins, but we're going to see them hit that next level. And they did hit another level. It just went in the wrong direction.
1: I still feel more Wrong personally about Jacksonville than I do about Philly because and and by the way one week from today that could all change but what about you would you feel more because you picked Jacksonville AFC title game I picked Lawrence MVP do you feel more wrong right now as we sit here day after the season ends about Philly or Jacksonville
3: Ooh, that's a good one
2: <sighs> Remember Philly still has- I mean a ja- Jacksonville was a bold prediction Philly really was not. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like but Jacksonville. Jacksonville, in the Jacksonville last year. Jacksonville, but here's the thing. I picked the Jags to be in the AFC championship game as a bold prediction. Okay. All right. Philly was not. So like it's not a, wrong about it's not a bold prediction to say <laughs> no that joke. Philly could get back to the Super Bowl. No. Like a lot of all. people like when people had that on the board, who's got a better chance at getting back to the big game? The Chiefs or the Eagles? A lot of people in the middle of the season were saying the Eagles.
3: Yeah, we were I, saying Jalen Hurts MVP, Eagles yeah, back to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, there's
2: no chance that, that Philly sniffs the Super Bowl. No shot on Sportsman Like
1: is presented by Progressive Insurance bundle home and uh, home and auto and say visit progressive.com for more information. All right, we know who's in the playoffs and now we know who's looking for head coaches. We will get into that coming up. It's on Sportsman Like on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Belichick will walk off quietly knowing that if it
2: in fact is his final game here in New England, his legacy is intact as the greatest
4: coach we've ever seen. Without coach, I'm not standing up here talking to you. You He was the best coach that's ever coached this game in my opinion.
1: That had to pain, Carlin. Carlin hates on the Pats, and he had, he was calling the game yesterday. I had to say that going out of that on ESPN Radio. We are on Like, presented by Progressive Insurance, Bundle Home and Auto and Save. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, so we've seen one move. Since the moves, right? Josh McDaniels out with the Raiders. Um, obviously, Frank Reich with the Panthers and Brandon Staley with the Chargers. So we have those three. Now we have a fourth going into today with Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons. Let's first get a thought on that before we go to the other possibilities. So he's 7-10 in, his, 7 and 10 in the three years, each of the three years he was there. Uh, he gets bounced in Atlanta. That's been a Belichick mentioned destination potentially. Weapons, indoor, controlled environment, good ownership, easier division, kind of makes sense if Belichick's looking at that potentially. Uh, What do we think about the Falcons move yesterday with Arthur Smith?
2: That was the only decision that they could make, right? I I mean, at some point, you have to have signs of progress with your program, and Arthur Smith, there's none of that to speak of. I mean, he's had three top ten draft picks to work with as a part of rebuilding the Atlanta Falcons, and they haven't been able to be more competitive, whether it was Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. The offense was absolutely abysmal. Defensively, this organization has made strides, but Arthur Smith's specialty and where he made his name in the NFL is on the offensive side of the ball, and they have been the definition of incompetent. So, yeah, I think this was the only decision that Arthur Blank could come to, and now it's about finding the head coach that can get them past that 7-10 and 10 mark in a very winnable division.
3: Yeah, you don't want to live in Jeff Fisher land if you're the Falcons. And if you brought somebody in, as you mentioned, to be the offensive-minded coach that they expected him to be with Kyle Pitts, with Drake London, with B. John Robinson, the offense should finish better than what they did. So they finished 26th in scoring in 2021 and this season in 2023, and it was tied for 15th in 2022. This offense never averaged more than 22 points in a season. That's just not good enough. And
1: he didn't even use the weapons. Like, you know, I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson outside the last few games for B. John Robinson. They weren't used, obviously. So, well, B. John Robinson can go, can well, oh, he? Oh, yeah. Well, you man, saw man. it. That yeah. was phenomenal. A weapon. Why draft a running back that high and not use him is beyond me. Now, um, we know he's out. Who else is in there? now it becomes the conversation. Ron Rivera in Washington, we think, is going to be let go at some point here. He, His birthday was yesterday, so maybe they were trying to be kind. Hey, we're not going to fire you on your birthday. I don't know. What I a mean, present. Well, birthdays <laughs> are the worst days, so I'm just saying. Um, I'm now stuck in this wire here. Is I, he going to uh,
3: sip champagne oh uh, you, you
1: <laughs> See, here, this is great. You tried to rag on me, and you stumbled. I love it. Yes.
2: Now, To answer your question, yes, his yeah. dad owns FedEx. So, yes.
1: No, no, that's Arthur Smith. I'm talking about Ron Rivera's birthday is the birthday oh, yesterday. yeah. yeah. Um, now, Belichick. Mm. Everybody is reporting that yesterday is his last game, last game with the Pats. He's going to have a meeting with Kraft. The question becomes, is there anything that can be said and done in that meeting to convince Robert Kraft that he's going to come back? The likely answer is no. Decision seems to be made. Now it's how is he going to exit? Is it going to be a happy dismissal so to speak or a happy breakup is it going to be a straight up fire is it going to be a trade that's now the question as to how this thing actually i don't think it should ends. be a question
2: though that's the thing well, what, he, it, what should it be well he belichick should have the ability to choose his next destination without that team having to give up draft compensation He's done so much for the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? The six championships, nine Super Bowl appearances. I mean, twenty four years there. It's crazy. I mean, it's
1: we will never see a run like that again in no. our lifetime. No,
2: yeah. a quarter of a century, and he's had what, three losing seasons? I mean, or four excuse me, four losing seasons if you count the first one. So yeah. I mean that that's I mean to 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 try to I guess get some type of return, even though you know you want to part company and start fresh. Just doesn't seem like the right way to treat a legendary coach somebody of his ilk. I just think that Robert Kraft would do the classy thing, which would be to let him have coaching free agency and choose where he wants to go.
3: Yeah. He's earned that respect and they, they want to, I'm sure approach this with a certain level of decorum because of everything that he's brought to this organization and everything he's meant to this organization. You don't want to see it end messy. It already feels sad that it's ending this way in new England with bill Belichick. You don't want to further exacerbate that by Mm -hmm. making it messy. You want to have it be a peaceful exit because This is someone that is going to be returning to the organization and be honored and be a huge part of your history. So you don't want to make it a bad ending, but our guys, are we sure that it's over? Like, I feel like it's done. Talking. I feel like it's done. But when you just said, is there anything he can do in this meeting today with Robert Kraft to change what we assume is already a fait accompli? Are we sure it's over? Would we be floored if he came back? Yes. So, I, I feel like I would yes. be, Yes, but crazier things have happened.
1: So if he goes into the meeting, when now this doesn't seem like he would do it this way, but if he goes into the meeting and says to the Crafts, Robert and Jonathan Craft, two owners of the team, team president, what do you want done? How would you like this to go? Is there any scenario in which I'm back? And if they were to answer that question, that's an opening. If they were to say, yeah, we'd like you to hire a general manager, and here's who we'd like the general manager to be. We'd like you to bring in this person to work with the offense. If that potentially is offered, then there is an opening. I My gut feeling right now, based on all of the reporting out there, is that I don't believe the Crafts are going to offer a solution. Right? I, don't, I think the solution for them is moving on at yes, this point. Yes. And that's where, when we talk about that opening, I don't know that there's convincing to be done here, which stinks for me because I want him back. Right. But if the Crafts were to answer the question, yeah, we'd love Chris Canty to come in as defensive coordinator. Okay, that gives me an opening. I don't think they're answering that question.
2: Nor should they answer that question. I don't think there should be an opening. It's time to move on. All good things come to an end, and I think it's clear that he's lost his touch. Through the last four years, you're talking about them being losing seasons and their last playoff win being five years ago when they won Super Bowl in 2018. So I, I just – I think it's time – transition away he's already the second oldest coach in the national football league this team ain't close to winning anything right now so i think this is going to be a multi-year rebuild and knowing how he's done when it comes to the draft and certain personnel decisions i don't know that i want him as the person in charge when it comes to putting the pieces in place to allow us to have sustained future success
1: i still don't believe that there's a single coach that they're going to hire that could be better than him so i'd still believe that he is the best coach in the NFL, I, be, I will take him over everybody else, and that is with a, a hat tip to Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid. I just think he's still phenomenal at what he does, and when a team is good, I still think he has an opportunity to put them over the top. And the interesting thing is
2: the three so names— hold on, hold on. Yeah. Tom, we got to back this thing up. You say you still think he's the best coach in the NFL. I do. Okay. From an X's and O's standpoint— yes. Okay, that may well be true, but that's not the entirety of the job. Right. Well, okay, that, being a head that becomes coach the job. Being though. a head coach also means being able to communicate and sell everybody in the locker room on a team first agenda. There's nothing about what we saw this year and them being 4-13 that would say that Belichick is the best in the NFL when it comes to that aspect of coaching. So I don't know how you can say that he's the best coach in the NFL still when he doesn't have the ability to be able to do that.
1: But I think if you put him with a good team, he would be able to do that. I think if you put him with the Eagles or the Jaguars or a team that we so think should So now it's circumstantial, good. though. Yes. I, guess, yes. I guess that's the whole point. Like yes, it, it's like become there, that.
2: There, there are some coaches, I can parachute them in pretty much any situation, and they're going to find a way to be able to succeed. Yeah. Mike Tomlin. Mike, I mean, well, think Mike about, Tomlin Think about is an the anomaly. situation that no he's down. in right now. No doubt. Right. Right. Mason Rudolph and, and Kenny Pickett. He's better with bad yeah. teams in Belichick. But I
3: also, I also feel like that's kind of an indictment on him. Because how many coaches could parachute into a situation where they've got a franchise quarterback and a lot of talent and have success?
1: Uh, not as many as I think that, we, that people would assume. I think that be- I think Mike Tomlin is better at Belichick when you have a team that you don't know what it's going to be. If you have a good team, to me, Belichick is, is the guy that you'd want. I just wish there was still an opportunity for this to get fixed, and it doesn't seem like it's going to. But quickly, a question on this. The three names that seemingly have been reported and mentioned when it comes to the Patriots' next head coach, Gerard Mayo, Mike Vrabel, Brian Flores, what do all of them have in common? Belichick. If they're going to move on from Belichick, should they move on from everything yes. Belichick?
3: Yes, yes. I think so. Why do you want to bring in somebody that still has ties to the old regime? If you're going to move on, really move on. Have a clean slate. Bring in somebody completely different. Change course. Because if you're, yes, there are three individuals that are separate from him, but if you're going to continue on with kind of the same DNA, then why not just keep him there?
2: I wouldn't have a problem with Mike Vrabel, though. Mike Vrabel didn't coach with Bill Belichick. He played for Bill Belichick. So I think there is a difference in that. Uh, it's somebody that's familiar with the organization. Mm-hmm. So I think there would be, uh, I, I don't know, that re- that respect level there uh, going both ways. So I, I, I like Mike Vrabel. Uh, you have proof of concept. He's a oh, good yeah. head coach. Yeah, he, yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. So I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with them going that direction. But they would have to offer up draft compensation in order to pry him from Tennessee. And it's not like the Patriots haven't done that before because that's how they got Bill Belichick. So I I can't remove that completely off the board. If they were to move on from Belichick, I could see them taking a big swing and doing something like that. Because I do think that Raves is a good coach.
1: All right, coming up, I want more answers on who potentially, who else could be out of a job by the end of today. Plus, take a look at the number two seed. It's the two teams that maybe were scheduled to be there anyway. And all the drama in the NFC and AFC. And look what happened. <laughs> It's Buffalo and Dallas. We'll dive into that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. And the benches are going to empty, and it's all over but the shouting. As things stand, they would play the Green Bay Packers who beat the Bears. The drama
6: but I'm sure you guys will love them. It's, uh, it's playoff time. It doesn't matter who we play. Most importantly, we've got to take it one game at a time.
1: Unlike the Eagles, Cowboys sure not limping in, that's for sure. We no. are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Chelsea, Swalman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Who will raise the trophy? Find out tonight. College Football Playoff National Championship, Michigan and Washington. Presented by AT&T. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're going to get to the number two seed in both conferences in a second. But we mentioned Arthur Smith out in Atlanta. Shefter, of course, the first one to report that. Belichick, uh, we think it's the end, sadly, Um, in New England, uh, end of year press conference supposed to happen any minute now in New England. So as soon as we get sound, you'll get sound out there. And then Ron Rivera, another name in Washington, we're assuming. Guys, anyone else we want to add to the wouldn't surprise us if by the end of the show, they could be outlist here? Before we get to the Bills and the Cowboys, the two seed, anybody else? Dennis Allen in New Orleans, anybody else we want to throw the out New there? The New Orleans
2: should. I don't think they will,
3: yeah, but that, they finished with that a winning record. One. Especially after yesterday, yeah. when uh, basically the players usurped the leadership of their head coach. When yeah. Jameis
1: Winston became <laughs> yes. the head coach of the New Orleans Saints <laughs> yesterday. is there any, So there's nobody else. I mean, we already have the Chargers, the Raiders, obviously, and the Panthers. Anyone else that you could see... Right now, because, again, if the Eagles lose on Sunday, or uh, Saturday, or uh, when is that game? That is Monday. Monday, sorry, right here on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If the Eagles lose on Monday, then on Tuesday, we may have that conversation, obviously. Anyone else we want to throw out there as keep an eye on today? That's getting fired? Yeah. Head coaching-wise. I mean,
2: the jet, the Jets should consider moving on from Rob Sala and their general manager, Joe Douglas, as a matter of fact. But they sound like they're going to run everything back with Aaron Rodgers because he likes those guys so much. I, I That is a weird situation. Do I see anybody else getting fired? No, I don't. Um, could I see somebody potentially deciding to walk away? That is a possibility. I don't think it Are you it looking at
1: Seattle that? I am
2: looking at Seattle. Really? I can see that as a possibility where Pete Carroll decides, you know what? It's time to transition. Trying to turn time to turn it over. I-, I don't think he will. Again, he seems very energetic, but the facts are the facts. This is the oldest coach in the National Football League. So, so I mean, I-, I could see a world where Pete Carroll decides, you know what, this is the perfect time for me to transition away.
3: But Belichick is right behind him, and we feel like he's definitely going to go to another destination. But we feel like Pete Carroll, who seems seemingly has more energy at times than Bill Belichick, yeah. and has his team in a better position than Bill Belichick did with the Patriots. Yeah. We feel like. Carroll would be the one to walk away before. Well, I mean,
2: If we're talking about coaching changes that are going to happen beyond the ones we've already suggested, then that would be the only one that I could see. But again, it's not him being fired. Yeah. It's him deciding that he's had enough. Right. Same with
1: Mike Tomlin after the season kind of thing. Like there's no way the Steelers no. would ever consider firing him, nor should they, but if he wants to walk away, that's his right now. We've spent so. The many- other one that we could yeah.
2: we could throw out there, and I don't I don't know if it'll happen today. Do it. Today. it do could, it. I see it you could, hesitate. It
1: could, do it. it. Reckless happen. speculation. It could,
2: this is reckless speculation. It could happen this week. It's, it just depends on what happens tonight. Mm-hmm. I could see a world where the Chicago Bears could move on from Matt Eberflus. That's I don't, the one. I, I listen. I don't think Eberflus should be fired, and I believe in developing head coaches as much as you're developing quarterbacks. I believe in that, but. There is a scenario where if you look at it from ownership standpoint or from GM Ryan Pohl's standpoint, if the head coach is a question mark going into next season, do we want to have that question mark looming as we're trying to develop a guy that we could potentially be taking with the number one overall pick, whether it ends up being Kayla Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels? Do we want our head coach to be a question mark? You already did that with Matt Nagy and Justin Fields. Do we want to repeat the history that we had from three years ago? I could see themselves deciding to move on and pair your quarterback with your new head coach and have both of them on the same timeline. That would be the only other one that I could point to. Again, I don't think it will happen today. I don't think it will happen at all. But if we're talking about coaching changes over the next two days, that is a possibility, especially with Jim Harbaugh to the NFL looming. I'm going to – not
1: try to convince your mind, convince you to my way on this, but I, I want to try to throw something at you guys. I was sure. thinking about this with Iberflus. If Eberflus has a bad season next year, is he gone? Yes. So you're going to voluntarily put yourself in a position where Caleb Williams in his first two years could have two head coaches. Why do you do that? If you bring in a new you guy... Just, and you just did it with Justin Fields. Correct. If you bring in a new guy and he has a bad season, you're not going to not give him a second chance unless it's scandalous, right? Which lets unless us, it's Urban
6: Meyer. Unless <laughs> it's Urban
1: Meyer. So while Matt Eberflus may not deserve to lose his job off of this season, if you've made your decision that Caleb Williams is your guy, he should probably start anew with someone else because one bad year... Causes you to fire a head coach, and now you have two head coaches in the first two years for Caleb Williams. He doesn't need that.
2: But what determines a lot of how they proceed is how they feel about Justin Fields. Like, if they think that Justin Fields was more of an impediment than he was an aid for Matt Eberflus to try to get this team on track and winning football games, then I think that will inform a lot of how they feel about the decision to move on from him.
1: But, I, I, would literally, sorry, sorry, I would literally say to Matt Eberflus if I was firing him, if I'm the Bears and I had to make that decision to terminate him, I would say, listen, you did a hell of a job at the end of this season. But if you don't do a hell of a job next season, we're going to be sitting right here a year from now, and I can't put my new rookie quarterback in a position where he may have two uh, two co- coaches in two years. I believe in you. I, I'm not sold you're going to have a great season next year. And as a result, I have to make the preemptive strike and pair somebody with Caleb Williams that I know I'm not going to potentially fire after next year.
3: I, I would look at C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. I need to make sure that... I'm getting the right guy. Like, look at the success that they were able to have this season because they put their quarterback with a head coach and in a a stable situation to thrive and succeed. We know those two are going to be paired together moving forward, and hopefully they only continue to ascend together and grow together. The last thing you want to do with a guy, especially what we consider to be one of those rare, potentially generational Franchise transforming type talents and Caleb Williams is make things unstable for him. Yeah,
1: I can't have two coaches in two years. So if I'm bringing Matty Ruflus back next year, I'm bringing him back the year after that. And the new
3: coordinators, too, as well.
1: Yeah, I am now committing to him for more years than just one. Now, we talked about all year long, the Dallas Cowboys. What are they going (laughs) to end up doing? The Buffalo Bills. And oh, my God, they may miss the playoffs. They both end up as the two seed. What did we waste time all year talking about them? This is <laughs> remarkable. Because if I told you both before the season, Dallas and Buffalo would have either the one or the two seed in the NFC or AFC, respectively, good season or bad season, you'd be like, no, no, that's exactly where they should be, right? To make the playoffs. They're both the two seeds. What? <laughs> How did this happen exactly?
3: Well, because the Dolphins and the Eagles didn't handle their business. That's why it happened. <laughs> so we That's still exactly can not give them right So it. to me, it's more of an indictment on Philadelphia and Miami than it is props to, to Dallas and Buffalo. Even though they did, of course, handle their business and got the job done when they needed to to put them in this position to be the two seed. But Philadelphia absolutely crumbled down the stretch. No and doubt. Miami has been on fraud alert all season and couldn't get the job done at home last night.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But I look at the situation with Dallas – You have three straight seasons of 12 wins. That's impressive for Mike McCarthy to be able to do that and put this team in position where they can host not one but two home playoff games. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal, knowing how good Dallas has been at home where they're averaging, what, 37 points a game. And then when you look at the other side of the coin with what they've been through in Buffalo and Sean McDermott having to fire Ken Dorsey and all of the things throughout the season – you're talking about this team having an impressive finish, winning the final five games of the year uh, after your bye week. That, that is impressive to be able to run the table like that and to win your division and put yourself in a position where you have home field advantage early on in the postseason. So credit to both head coaches for being able to fight through adversity when it presented itself and put those teams in those situations. But I don't think either one of those head coaches are out of the woods in terms of our evaluation on the job that they've done this season because – we were grading them coming into this season on what they did in the playoffs. Yeah, That's what it all came down to. Think about how bad it was when they got blasted by the Cincinnati Bengals in Orchard Park in the divisional round last year. People don't forget that. Stefan Diggs and the organization were at odds for the majority of the offseason in part because of that game. And then think about the Dallas Cowboys, how they felt after that loss in the divisional round to the San Francisco 49ers. So although we're we're kind of taking these coaches off of the hot seat, so to speak, they still have a lot of show and prove once we get to the second season, which is kicking off on Super Wild Card Weekend. So, I, I, again, great job. You check the box that is the regular season, but it's not job. It's not mission Mission accomplished. Like, that remains to be seen.
1: We had a lot of questions all year about who's going to be the second team. The second team in the NFC behind the Niners, now the Cowboys. The second team in the AFC behind the Ravens, now the Bills. The second team in the draft. Behind the Bears, now Washington, right? The number two question that we've had all season has been answered with those three scenarios. Number two in the AFC, number two in the NFC, number two in the draft. Washington probably holds the cards to the draft there as we assume Caleb Williams, unless he does an Eli Manning situation, is going to go to the Chicago Bears.
2: Washington has to take a quarterback though, right? Versus who? They have to to take a quarterback. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 I, I like. The, don't get cute and try to overthink this thing with Sam. Was, like, there, was there an option otherwise? No, no, I'm, just, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just hoping that they don't do. You that. You just got me scared. I'm like, did I screw up something? No, no, like, no. You didn't. You didn't screw it up. I like, just, you know, <laughs> just listen, listening. Did I Listening it's to something. the play-by-play yesterday and, and hearing how they were saying, well, you know, it hasn't necessarily been a fair evaluation of Sam. How oh, stop the, it? The Commanders run the ball the fewest amount of times in the NFL. That's tough for a young. it, uh, Bavakasha and Hebrew. Shush, please. With that, listen, man they have to take a yeah. quarterback. I don't think there's much debate
1: there. Okay, okay. Yeah.
3: I'll do, I'll do, just Forget about share. it. Let yeah. me move on in Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just
1: doing, we're doing the cultural back and forths here, right? That's what we're doing with this. Coming up, Pat Costello, I believe, is over his Eagles. What else is he over? We find out next on Like on ESPN Radio.
4: Legal and administrative and customer support at Robert Half. We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Wait a minute. If you don't have the
1: I'm over it intro, that means something big is happening right now. We are on Uh Sportsmanlike, presented Uh by Uh Progressive Insurance. That means Bill Belichick Uh has just taken the podium in New England.
3: Evan, are you before we do this wellness check? Are you okay?
1: No, I responded to your text yesterday about that, and nobody cared that I threw out my back and my car got stuck in the snow. (laughs) I didn't see that. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. But right right
3: now, how are we feeling? Before we, I don't like this. I don't like any part
1: of this. I don't like that I'm throwing a Belichick sound here and that it's sound about potential exit in New England. I hate all of it. But let's take a listen to what Coach Belichick had to say just moments ago in New England. I'm going to contract, um, do what I always do, which is, you know, every day I come in, work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can. Um, so that's what I'm going to continue to do. And, you know, today was kind of the wrap-up day for us with the players. Um, we we'll have a meeting with them and direction or anything like that. for That uh, end-of-the-year process is, you know, I don't think will be fundamentally any different from a
6: uh, – The standpoint of how it's done, um, the decisions, that's a whole nother conversation, but um, how it's done, you know, meet with Robert like I always do.
1: I mean, I don't know if people thought they were going to get a lot from him, but um, yeah, nothing yet.
2: No, and he no. hasn't met with the owner yet. So I, I presume that that's when the decision about his future is going to happen, when they get into a room and they have that conversation and they haven't had that tough talk yet. Yeah. This is just going through the formalities of exit interviews for the players and, and you know, them them – being able to download everything that happened this year, and ownership in the front office, having an opportunity to do that as well and get feedback from them before Robert Kraft goes into that meeting with Bill Belichick. Now, I don't know how much that's going to weigh versus what we saw this year in the overall record and what we've seen over the last four years post-Tom Brady, but I think that's also a part of it, whether or not Bill has the pulse of the locker room and whether he has a feel for this generation of players. I think that's going to be a part of what Robert Kraft factors into the equation when it comes to who his next head coach should be.
3: I didn't expect him to say anything right there, as you mentioned. I think that's going to come after the meeting with Robert Kraft later today. But even just gearing up for that, I I got a little, like my heart raced a little bit because we're on the precipice of potentially the end of arguably one of the greatest, maybe two dynasties we've seen in modern day sports. No doubt. This, I would say, in the Bulls, right?
2: Yeah.
3: And with Tom Brady gone, it's certainly a different version of them. But Bill Belichick is still there, and he's still the identity of the New England Patriots. And I didn't know what he was going to say, because this just happened in real time, and we played that back. And I just thought, gosh, this is really probably the end of this. And that is crazy for me to think about. Like, this is history-altering stuff, guys. Like... He changed football in so many ways. He changed the standard of success in the NFL in so many ways. And for us to be here knowing that this is the end, it's just going to be a very different feel in the NFL. Like Bill Belichick not being part of the New England Patriots is going to be very foreign for us.
1: The National Football League has become the most dominant sport in our country by a mile. Yes. But when the three of us were growing up, it wasn't definitely that. It was a competition between Major League Baseball and the NBA and NFL. Like It emerged into being so far ahead of every other sport in this country. Not the world, but in this country. And it coincided with a 20-plus year run with Brady and Belichick. And we are hanging on to the last part of this run. And even if you're someone that hates the Patriots, you, you have a feeling about them. The moment he walks out the door you no longer have those feelings. This is as relevant a national team as we have outside of the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that this ends an unbelievable era of a team and a franchise and a storyline in sports that everyone has an opinion on. You either love them or or hate them, or beat them like CC did, or respect them like other NFL people did. But you have a take on the Patriots. You have an opinion on the Patriots. And in many ways, it was because of two guys. This is not the credit thing. Brady's more important than Belichick. Belichick will be the first one to say that, right? That has been proven out. We know that players win, coaches lose. We get it. But Belichick is still a part of it. And the identity of nobody's talking a nameless, faceless organization outside of number 12, right? Interchangeable parts, schemes, formations, things that other teams don't think of. The, the Patriot way, the way in which they draft, for better or worse. All of this. Every single person listening right now has an opinion on the New England Patriots. The moment someone else is in charge, your opinions don't necessarily go away. But they're altered now to another team. It becomes Kansas City. It becomes Baltimore. It becomes San Francisco. New England is no longer a national team the moment that Brady walks, excuse me, Belichick walks out that door. And that is about to happen, whether it's the right move or not. They don't have to win to be relevant right now. If it's Vrabel, if it's Mayo, if it's Flores, regardless of who it is, they have to win to be relevant. Everything changes. This is our football childhood in many ways. Mm -hmm. We grew up with this team as relevant, the way that the Yankees are, the Lakers, Celtics, etc. But they weren't born into this 100 years ago like those teams were.
3: But the difference is, like you were saying, that's the laundry. Whether it's Shaq or Kobe or LeBron, people will hate the Lakers. It doesn't matter who's under center for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people will hate them because of the star on the helmet. New England is not the same. When Belichick is gone... I don't think people are going to view them or emote the same way about them, which is very rare. It's very rare that we have these legacy... The Bulls. Yes. Literally the Bulls. Yes.
1: The last time we talked about the Bulls, at least, uh, sorry, we've talked about the Bulls one time on our show when they had a players-only meeting after the first game (laughs) of the season. They're not a daily check-in like CC's Lakers are. Yes. There's a couple more comments here from Belichick. You want to go before we get
2: that? Well, the only thing I would say to that to push back on what both of you are saying is that when it comes to the modern-day sports franchises being relevant and having that that, that that national appeal, whether you like them or hate them, you have an opinion on them, I think a big part of it is ownership. Like, we, we start talking about some of those other places that fell into irrelevancy, like the Chicago Bulls. Did anybody think Jerry Reinsdorf has been a great owner or that he's covered himself in glory? Smalls, you're from the Midwest, you know. They don't have a high opinion of Jerry Reinsdorf. That's just not where they at with it. Like, But, but with the New England Patriots, they do. And so I wonder is this a franchise that could potentially find themselves in a situation where they go from Tom Landry to Jimmy Johnson like the Dallas Cowboys did mm. once upon a time and keep this thing pushing? Like that, That's when all of a sudden Maybe. the laundry becomes the thing that everybody roots against just because you went from one legendary coach to another legendary coach in another dynasty. Like, if you have that reincarnation of the Patriot way with a new head coach, then all of a sudden that changes how we feel about them, and they don't become irrelevant. But like you said, there has to be some winning on the heels of that right. in order to make it happen.
1: Right. Like, the Yankees not making the playoffs was nationally relevant.
3: Yes.
2: Because
1: they're the Yankees. Right. Right? It, the Mets not making the playoffs is not nationally relevant. It's it just, is
3: because they spent all the money. Well, but,
1: you, okay, in, in
3: isolation. But, but not because of the laundry. Right.
2: But I don't know that you can go from winning six championships and going to nine Super Bowls over a span of 24 years to just falling into being irrelevant. I, I mean,
1: in the NFL, nobody's irrelevant. So we're saying within that, but the Chicago Bulls did that. The Chicago Bulls won six championships, had Michael, Scottie, and Phil, and Dennis Rodman, and had a couple of runs with Derrick Rose, but like nobody talks about the Chicago Bulls. ESPN 1000, and Chicago's not talking about them, and nationally we're not talking about them. That's where the risk is for the New England Patriots. We'll hear the other Belichick sound coming
0: up. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.